0: Hello, everyone. To all of our listeners across the globe, welcome back to LRQA's Future in Focus podcast. My name is Holly Wild. I am the Global External Communications Manager for LRQA, and it is my pleasure to host this podcast today for you all, in which we have a really good topic in store. This time, it's about safety. And I'm discussing this topic together with Eric Moy, my colleague here at LRQA. So, Eric, how are you doing?
1: I'm fine. Thank you, Holly.
0: Great. Now, it's your first time on this podcast, so could I ask you to actually briefly introduce yourself to our listeners? What's your role? Where are you in the world? Where are you speaking to us from today?
1: Yes, of course, Ollie thank you for inviting me. As you said, my name is Eric Moy and I'm Global Head of Health, Safety, Environment and Security at LRQA. I have a wife and I have two children and I live in the Netherlands. And I live in a lovely built area and I'm sure many of you know it from the postcards.
0: Mm, Got a beautiful image of my mind right now. Thank you, Eric. Now, let's get down to business if we can. Why have I invited you on the podcast today? Our listeners may already be aware that we have recently launched our very own internal sustainability strategy called Our Planet, Our Plan. Quick recap for those of you who haven't heard of it before. Our Planet, Our Plan sets out LRQA's environmental, social and governance ambitions, otherwise known as ESG, to deliver a positive impact for our clients, our colleagues, our suppliers, our communities, our planet. The list goes on. The plan stretches over seven years and is organized into seven commitments. So that's safety, which we're talking about today. And then we have community, environment, inclusivity, education, governance and equity. Through our Future in Focus podcast channel, we'll be interviewing a technical expert for each of those pillars. And as I say, safety is the topic for today. Now, with you Eric being the global head of health safety environment and security I think it's safe to say we have an expert on our hands today and so let me start with my first question why is safety so important to you
1: yeah that's a good question actually Um, to answer that question I would like to go back in time Uh, when I think of it as a child I always wanted to be a sailor and years ago I used to be an officer on a ship and I sailed really all over the world and I liked really liked uh, being on the sea, and the stranger the places we went, the more I enjoyed it. However, once we were somewhere in Africa, and uh, we had some time off, and we used the opportunity to go on shore and to go to the beach, have some fun, play some football, and to have a swim. Uh, however, that didn't went ex- as expected, and I had an accident. I severely injured my back and my neck, and it took me years to recover from that, and even today. I still have to be conscious of what I'm doing because of these injuries. And personally for me, this was a life changing event because my wife and I, we really had to adjust our way of life in the years that followed. And ultimately going back to the sea was actually out of the question for me. And you know, that made me realize that a person's life, in this case, my life can change in a split second because of an accident. So when I was asked to become a health and safety manager, I realized this was for me an opportunity to make the world and companies a safer place.
0: Eric, thank you so much. That's probably one of the most personal and touching stories we've had on on, um, these podcasts about the Our Planet, Our Plan um, sustainability strategy. Um, So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, But aside from your accident, which I'm sorry you went through, it sounds like you've had a fantastic international sailing career. So um, that sounds wonderful. Um, so you've had a real personal commitment as a result to safety, and that's an evolved into a professional commitment. So let's dig a little deeper, if I can. Um, you mentioned that you want to make the world and companies a safer place. Can you tell us more about how exactly that can be done?
1: Yeah, well, that's actually the million dollar question holding. In fact, there has been a lot of research into possible ways how this could be done. And it starts with the dilemma how to define safety. Traditionally, safety was defined as the absence of accidents, however in the last years many safety specialists realised that this is actually a strange way to define something by explaining what it's not. So in a lot of modern literature these days, safety is being described as being a state where as much as possible goes right. And I'm actually a strong believer of that. And when we zoom in on this description, we see a lot of new possibilities because traditionally we investigated and learned from accidents and introduced control measures and made the workplace safer that way. But this revised definition of safety tells us what we can learn much more from what's going right. And I'll give you an example. In our industry, our colleagues are entering confined spaces on a regular basis. At LRQA, this happens hundreds of times a year and maybe even more. And when somebody has an accident in a confined space, of course we should investigate why this happened and what we can do to avoid this to happen again. But how about those hundreds or thousands of times people are also going into confined spaces and everything goes just fine. Why do these entries go right? And what can we learn from that? I think that when we have a culture where people are encouraged to share with each other, how they work, how they have solved issues, how they have anticipated on situations, what went well and why and what went wrong and why, and then we have a huge potential to become a safer place to work.
0: Thank you, Eric, that's really useful insight. Um, And you talked there about a culture where people share experiences. Are there specific conditions to implement such a culture?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, In the first place to have such a culture, people must feel comfortable, of course, to share what went right and what went wrong. And with that, people must be comfortable to ask questions, to raise concerns, and to try new things. It's extremely important that they can do this without the fear of repercussions. This phenomenon is called psychological safety. But psychological safety does not stand on its own. It's related to a person's well-being, which must be also in balance. And of course, that depends on how our organization supports well-being.
0: I I really want to pick up on a phrase you just used there that well being needs to be in balance. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What exactly do you mean?
1: Yeah, that's a little fake, isn't it? Yeah, when you ask five different people what they think well being is, probably you will get five different answers. But basically, there are four different kinds of well being there is psychological well being, what is being emotionally and psychologically healthy, the ability to enjoy life and to feel a sense of meaning and purpose. Psychological safety can be shared on the psychological well-being and when members of a team believe they are free to speak up with ideas, questions, concerns and also to make mistakes uh, without any fear of embarrassment, rejection or punishment. Another kind of well-being is physical well-being. This is the ability to maintain a healthy and balanced life, and allows us to get more out of our daily activities without any physical limitations, stress, pain, or something like that. It also involves caring for our bodies and making safe decisions about nutrition, exercise, sleep, etc. And this part of well-being also includes uh, our physical safety and security and our preventive healthcare. Another kind of well-being is uh, financial well-being, and this is how people feel about the control they have over their money. Uh, It's about the kind of sense of security, if they are feeling in charge of their life and their day-to-day finances, and if if they have enough money to actually to make a choice in, in life. And last but not least, there is social well being, which is the way we interact with people and how we manage our emotions and whether we are aware of our rights and responsibilities. And all these forms of well being, they need to be in balance. When one of them is absent, people may feel stressed and their well being is at risk.
0: Thank you, Eric. I can really appreciate the four angles to well being that you've just broken down for us. So, so thank you for approaching it in that unique way. Um, Now, you've walked us through some of the aspects that businesses should start to consider when they're trying to create a safe culture. But let's take a step right back and think holistically. If there's one last message you'd like to leave for our listeners today, what would it be?
1: Well, let's face it. One company can't manage all these aspects of well-being for everyone. Yet where people work has a major impact on people's well-being and an employer can do a lot to support its employees. And as mentioned, when an employee's well-being improves, the company at the end becomes a safer place to work.
0: Thank you, Eric. Wonderful final words. And that's all the time we've got for for today. So you've really shared some valuable insight and I wholeheartedly thank you for that. Safety seems to be one of those unique topics that has professional, you know, aspect to it and a very personal aspect to it as well. So thank you for explaining how those aspects work and how safety and wellbeing correlate as well. I'm sure you've given our listeners a dose of inspiration and food for thought today about how to make the world a safer place, starting with their workplace. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Aldi.